With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. We put this festival on you, bastards, with a lot of love. We work for one year for you, pigs. Oh, do you want to break our walls down? Or do you want to destroy it? When you go to It's the Fatback 4. I um, uh, don't know where to start with this one. Uh, we don't know what episode number it is. No point in asking. We, we, I don't know. Um, with me this week, I'm Gav as usual. Uh, Grizz is with me. Matt is with me. And from the cop table, we have Peter Phillips. Peter, thanks for joining us and welcome. Yeah, thanks very much for the, for the invite, lads. Looking forward to it. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, we'll get straight into it. Uh, I usually go to Ian. Forced because he's my favourite, but he's not with us this week. Um, so Matt, you're going to take on that mantle. Let's look what? about. Yeah. I already thought it was going to be me. No, Go fuck on. off. With you. Um, <laughs> Matt, let's look about lineups. Um, Liverpool won again. A couple of things during the week as to who would start. Usually centre half, probably right back, and then the midfield. Henderson was on and off whether he play. And then you look at United and what they done. Um, Rashford coming in because Martial is injured and a couple of different things in their lineup. What did you make about lineups and what was your reaction when you seen them early yesterday? Well, our, our lineup, as I said, most of since the Tottenham game, I haven't really questioned this. So uh, the only thing I did notice about this week, though, everyone kind of guessed what it was going to be. Whereas before now, we've rotated so much, you never knew he was going to start. But I think we all pretty much knew what lineup was going to come out which was as I said it's uh, it's not usual for a Klopp team uh, other than that yeah I mean with Hendo's injury Milner's done alright um, Genie obviously been off sick there's, there's not much he can change from the midfield there's question marks over starting Trent now because um, we know what Jose's going to do I mean hindsight's a great thing to look back on it but Jose pretty much done what we all thought he would and target Trent and Lovren Um Gomez would have brought a bit more height and presence to that. So other than that, yeah, there isn't there isn't too much you can change. You're not going to bring Moreno in. Um, you're not really going to start Matip, even though there's a case for it afterwards. Uh, and front three pick themselves. 
As for their lineup, uh, Pogba injured, I think. Fellaini injured. Again, it's, it's it's what you expect. There's there's no there's no outliers there. No, no surprises. So yeah, just two natural normal lineups. Peter, I'll come to you next. Um, Matt's touched on it there. Trent, I think, is there was a conversation around him or Gomez, and probably in hindsight, a lot of people have made that point again about Gomez. And Henderson, supposedly with a dead leg during the week, was expected to make it but didn't. Um, was it the lineup you expected, or would you have went with something slightly different? No, to be perfectly honest, that, that was the exact 11 players I, I would have started with, to be honest. Um, you could you could possibly argue that the strength's a little bit on the young side and a little bit inexperienced and before the game he, you could have thought he may have been exposed by the United left-hand side forward this time. Obviously Rashford came into the team, could have been, been Martial. But um, things could have been different if, if Joe Gomez would have started. But um, I think it was right... It, was the right decision to play Trent because he's going to learn from this experience. Um, obviously, he's been caught out with that first goal, hasn't he? Where, where Lovren's lost out to Lukaku, the, the ball's gone in. He sort of he already made his move, hadn't he? Forward to to, to win that second ball, if you like. My, uh, Rashford's got in behind him. Then you could argue when he's cut back, should he be should he be expecting that cut back or? Or should he be looking to play him down the line? It's one of them situations that he, he's going to learn from. But yeah, to to say about the lineup, yeah, I think that was the, the correct um, decision. But it did show in the in the first half that that United they put all the big guys out there in midfield. You had Matic, the, the lad McTominay's another big lad, Lukaku, um, the centre backs, all big guys. And basically, the first half of that game, we got bullied out of it. Um, our midfield wasn't the biggest, Chamberlain. Not a big lad, is he? Um, you, you could say Chan was the biggest of, of the of the three people in midfield. But first half, we I felt we got bullied out of it by Manchester United, and then second half, we we come back into it and had all the ball and all the pressure, but just couldn't uh, find a way through. Unfortunately, so yeah, just one of them. We gotta gotta try and put this put this to bed now, um, and then and move on and hopefully get the. The three points against Watford next Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Grizz, coming to you about the the lineup, and you know everyone's talking about Trent. A couple of people have touched on Lovren, but again, I think that's more in hindsight. When you're going into the game, um, I know you pretend to predict lineups when it's not really a prediction, and don't even try to deny it. Um, but is it for you? Is it the team you think? Yeah, that's a, that can do the job. Or was there areas where you thought? Oh, we could have went slightly different. Um, I know it's all in hindsight, but going back to yesterday morning, I suppose when you seen that eleven, were you, were you happy, or was it something that you thought we might have went slightly different? Yeah, with with the, you know with the bad news of Hendo, um, I think you you know he didn't recover from the dead leg or something, wasn't it? Is he still injured or something, isn't he? So I knew I knew Hendo was going to be a big miss, not only. Look, no, he, look. A, he's been in really good form recently, and 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 as Pete says, he adds height. He's a big lad, Hendo. He's six foot plus, isn't he, lads? He's six foot plus, yeah. So he's a big lad. Yeah. So you know, with him and Emre, you know, screening. You know, as I touched on last week, we seem to we seem to win far more second balls in the air as well. You know, it's, it gives us a good presence. Then it came down to Milner or Ginny. 
And, yeah, it was a pretty obvious decision, even though, you know, Ginny's legs, we could have done with Ginny's legs and running power on that big pitch. But Milner's been in such good form. I think it was inevitable Milner was going to get the nod ahead. The only main decision was, as you said, as everyone knows about hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. It's about Trent and Gomez. And I think I think we we pick, we picked, or we, I'm saying like I'm part of Klopp's team, but Klopp, Klopp picked... Um, <laughs> Klopp picked um, Trent because of the confidence thing. We're, we're, we're a confident team at the moment. We're, we're on a running run. We're in a good way. We're, we're in a positive way all during the week. The build-up was positive. And I think we kind of, I don't know, to me personally, I think it kind of went into the team selection where he picked a, a more attacking lineup than he possibly could have. I mean, we know that he's been playing Gomez before Gomez's injury, he's been playing Gomez a lot of the tough games, especially away from home. And so you would have thought maybe, maybe with Gomez being fit and everything now, he may have played him ahead of Trent. But I think it was just with the flow. I think we just didn't, we were in a good way running up to this game, coming up to this game. And 90% of the fan base thought we we're going to smash them as well. Do you know what I mean? So I think it was just inevitable that we we're going to pick Trent because he's been playing well. And don't get me wrong, these are the kind of, I mean, long-term wise, these are the kind of games that, as Peter says, he will learn from because he's a good kid. And you can tell he's a proper, he's a proper, proper learner as well. He like takes it to heart and he will learn a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But unfortunately, you know, he didn't have the best of games. But yeah, the lineup, apart from um, the Gomez, the rest of the team picked itself. I mean, you know, Lovren, most assumed Lovren was going to start ahead of Matip. You know, hindsight, would Matip have done any better against Lukaku? I have serious doubts anyway. But, yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I, th- I thought the lineup was was what it was going to be. I was happy with it. Um, the only thing I did say was if the rumour went around the night before that Fellaini was back and was going to start. If Fellaini was starting and was going to start in one of those kind of three positions behind Lukaku, I would have went with Gomez because... Fellaini's thing would be to pull onto um, Trent and, and dominate him in the air as much as he possibly could. That didn't go. I, I was all for picking Trent other than that. Um, yeah, he's dealing with Martial or Rashford. Both have pace. And you have to play him. You know, We can't keep taking him out and saying, oh, he's great in home games against lesser teams. We, he can't be kept in the squad for that. He, if he's going to be a right-back for Liverpool on a consistent basis... Um, he has to play these games. You have to show the confidence in him. Um, as we go into the game, you'll see probably one or two things that happens that, yeah, OK, he gets caught, but that's going to happen anyway. I don't think he's alone in the, in the, in the conceding of the goals. I don't think he's alone in, in taking any of the blame. Um, midfield, I thought Henderson was a big miss. As much as I give out about Henderson and his injury record and, and maybe doubts over his future long-term at the club, I thought he was a big miss because I think as hard-working as Milner is and Jan is and Oxley chamberlain is going forward, I think Henderson has that... Discipline. Not even discipline. I think he has that natural reaction to, to protect our back four and I think he would have done a better job. He's our, long he's our only cunt as well, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, we've I, said it for a while. We haven't... Cunt, yeah. No, we have, he's always got down the refs here because the ref got away with absolute murder and no yeah, one was really on it. We, yeah. we haven't got anyone who does that anymore and yeah. he's he's the only one that kind of does it yeah and we, we i mean chance sometimes as well yeah we'll get to the ref um we definitely get to the fucking ref but um just <laughs> just the front three pick themselves you know yourself that's just the way that's just the way it is that the, the front three and that's it but um 
I just thought Henderson was a miss because although there's good industry in that midfield, I think his natural thing to, to drop and, and protect. And even if even if we can see the first goal and he sees, Jesus, look where that came from, he probably is the one that will go and say, no, hold on, I'm putting a stop to this and I'm putting a stop to it now. But look, we got it on. Um, I think, I will on a sec, I think Klein was the biggest miss. Do you? He, he defends that well. Um, down the right he, I know we give him well some people give him stick I don't mind him I think he's a very good defender he's just not as good going forward but if you have him there then a lot more doesn't come down at that, that side like I think he watches what? the ball out instead of you know where Trent over commits I think uh, Klein pushes him out there Gav sorry just a quick one do you know why though uh, Matt because he's out of the three players that we've mentioned he's the natural right back oh he's yeah one, yeah he, I mean as I say Go on. He's the one who's been playing right back all his life. So yeah, yeah. I, inclination. So anyone who's been playing fullback, um, I haven't played fullback myself. I was straight straight out. Out. Straight right. <laughs> but, yeah. but but anyone who's played right back will tell you that their natural inclination or all that they've been coached all their life is to cover that running on the inside. Yeah, exactly. Even, I mean, I, you, know, you can't hold it against Trent. I've said that yeah. on numerous pods. He may, he'll make mistakes, and he's he's going to make more mistakes. That's not going to be his last. Um, I mean, you can blame him for the mistakes, but you can't hold it against him because he, he's going to have to learn from them, and you don't Definitely. learn unless you make the mistakes. So it's going to happen, like yeah. Peter, um, I'm going to come to you. We're going to go into the, the goals. Um, I think the first one's the 14th minute from Rashford, and um, I thought it was a bright start from Liverpool. Um, I thought we looked confident on the ball. We we're moving around well. We threatened once or twice, and we didn't mm-hmm. look in awe of playing at Old Trafford. None of the players did. You know, sometimes these these occasions get. You know, catch players and and they kind of get caught up in the whole thing. But Liverpool looked quite confident and and were building. And then it was literally United's one ploy, and it was long and at Lukaku and try get the better of Lovren and feed off that. And that's where it comes from. I I let you go on about this goal and what you think of say Trent Van Dijk, possibly the goalkeeper. What did you make of him? Well, like you say, it, it was it was United's first break away if you like first opportunity to to come at Liverpool just before the football basically the whole game before they um scored we had that we looked comfortable we, we was passing the ball around wasn't creating a great deal but we, like you say we we looked comfortable but then all of a sudden United get a goal kick route one down the pitch and and Lovren goes well he's sort of stood into a position that's not not a position you'd be looking to be in to win in that ball, if you like. He's he's gone into the back of Lukaku, who's already up, if you like, and he, he's nodded the ball on into the path of Rashford, who's who then come inside Alexander Arnold and was, was steaming towards the goal. But um, Alexander Arnold did manage to catch Rashford up, but then he's unleashed that ball into the uh, into the back of the goal hadn't he but um, it's begrudging pe- praise for the goal because it, it was it was a great finish from Raf- Rashford but it was also you could say a credit and assist to the Liverpool's defensive ineptitude because of the way that Lovren's gone in for that ball he's left Alexander Arnold exposed but then you've also got when he did come back inside can can Van Dijk shuffle across and try and get the block and he's sort of he's got a man on his on his side as he's thinking is he going to cut this ball back but then you've also got Robertson behind him who could have then if you shuffle across if you if you know what I mean so if Van Dyke does also go over you you can you could send 
I, that he, he could, could have possibly also got the block in. So it's it's one of them things that you can't blame Alexander Arnold. The, the person who's, who's the most to blame is, is Dejan Lovren for going in and basically not winning that header and um, leaving the players behind him exposed to to what could happen. Really, yeah, I think I think Peter, I think you're right. I think it's although the the, the standout thing for most people is is Trent getting caught on the inside and then. I don't think over committing. I just think he's running that fast to get back that that shift inside from from Rashford really puts him out of the game. And I'm with you. It's you have to give Rashford some credit because I I don't blame the goalkeeper. I think it's a I think it's a fabulous finish. Um, I really do. There's power. There's great direction on it, and it's right in the corner. Um, Ma, Peter's touched on something there about Lovren probably being in the wrong position, over committing himself. Would you go with that, or would you look at Lovren a bit more? Like Peter said, if they all come across one man, they have a chance of probably crowding them out, even with the touch inside. Yeah, I actually think what Lukaku does is very clever. Um, by the time it comes for the header, he's pulled Lovren about 15, 20 yards away from the back line. So he started at the back line and he came forward and he's pulled Lovren. Lovren should have communicated with uh, Chan, who's sitting in front of him, to drop on. Lukaku and he doesn't he just he does his usual thing and just he, he just goes for the ball without really thinking um, and then from there it just causes all kinds of shit Trent he overcommits um, he should know really Rashford hasn't got a left foot um, so but he overcommits instead of seeing him out and then yeah it's a great finish you can't you can't really look at Carrius. Uh Van Dyke. Yeah, I think it's harsh playing for non him. As, as uh, Peter said, he's got a man on him that he's got to think about. Uh, and Trent is there. It's just it's it's a good turn by Rashford, and it's a good piece of play by Lukaku. But it it just falls Lovren far too easily for me. Um, it's time and time again that we're we're talking about his mistakes. <laughs> and another fucking interview before he comes on as well. It's he'll have four good games. He'll do an interview and he'll he'll shite up. Someone needs to keep one of the press officers needs to just. Fucking put a gag on him if they will, um, but yeah, it's just same old, isn't it? Just root one football from them straight from the goal kick. We should be dealing with that every single day, no problem. Um, there shouldn't be a goal threat at all. Yeah, I, and I think people are saying like, oh yeah, you know, Lukaku pulls onto Lovren and he tries to expose him. I don't really get that because I've watched Lovren against Lukaku a couple of times and he's done quite all right against him. He's being physical with him. He's 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 being front foot. He's being out, out ahead of him for the ball. He's won things. Lukaku hasn't had many good games against Liverpool where Lovren's been involved. From my memory, I'm sure someone on Periscope here will remind me now in a minute that I'm talking absolute bollocks. But, Grizz, um, give us your view of the goal. Um, is it praise for Rashford? Is it Lovren, Trent, Van Dijk? What is it for you? I think Matt touched on it, but I didn't go into it. Luckily, he didn't steal my point this time. I think I think to blame one individual out of that is not right. Your centre-back playing against uh, what uh, Lukaku, six foot five or something, six foot four, absolute beast in the air, strong as a fucking ox, right? He won a header. All right? That's all he done. He won a header. This, in my opinion... Your centre-back can. Now, the only... No, there is criticism of Lovren. We know that, right? Because he should know, as Peter says, if he's going to win the ball or not. He should have a judgment. He should have sort of... Um, 
he should read the situation and think uh, Lukaku's favourite to win the ball here. There's no need for me to expose myself and the others. So maybe I can sort of back off, right? So that's where my criticism of Lovren would be. But in terms of what Matt said about the communication with Emre, I thought that was poor, right? It doesn't need... It doesn't need a bloody elite football, footballing coach or tactics to realise if they're going to play this Route 1 football. And, and I think we were just talking before we started recording. Peter said, I don't think, I don't know if there's any statos out there, and I don't know if Matt's heat map will tell us, but I don't think De Gea passed the ball short in that first 20 minutes or even, I don't even know in, in the match, but in that first half an hour, I don't mm. think he played a short pass out to his defenders like we you know, try to do most of the time. I think it was very premeditated tactics and we just fell for it so, so easily. It was so frustrating. Anyone could tell you, just put an Emre in front of Lukaku as protection. I mean, Sunday league football stuff, man. I used to tell my defenders to do that. You know, if you've got a big guy up there, just put one in front, one behind and make sure you're aware of the fullbacks being sort of... Um, being told that, look, you watch for any runners. And, he, and you're right, even, even Lovren, if he was going for it, he could have said to sort of, Trent, I'm going for it, make sure you're on the cover. Or even pull Van Dijk across. And again, it's that, it's that communication thing with our team. There's just, it seems to be, we're not a very loud team in terms of talking to each other, organising, cajoling each other, telling each other where to be, where not to be. Emre does it quite a bit. You saw him sort of calm everyone down. Van Dijk is settling in and he does do it as well. But we need more of that. We you know there was a communication that gives like, look, I'm going to go for this header. If I lose it, make sure you're covering. So I think it was a more of a systematic error then as opposed to sort of everyone just fucking lynching Lovren like everyone does. You know, you know, it is what it is. Lynching. Right? It, it is what it is, right? Lovren is Lovren. He's not the future for us at centre-back. I think we'll all agree, right? But to blame that incident... You know, Klopp takes the blame for not reading that play situation. Like, look, they're going to play Lukaku. They're likely to avoid, try to avoid Van Dijk. I mean, people were saying, why couldn't they have swapped, right? And I think that could have as well. They didn't have to swap roles. I understand playing left centre-back is different from playing right centre-back. I understand that if that, that's where they play naturally, that's fine. But come on, for goal kicks, to swap a centre-back for goal kicks, it's not an issue. They could have done that as well. So I found it really, really frustrating Front foot Degsy let us down again. Um, I'm surprised. Like I take all your points on this, um, whether it's individuals or a collective. Um, you can you can point at individuals. You can point at the, the setup. I'm surprised nobody um, has touched on the midfield. And I've watched Liverpool for years um, playing against the likes of Fellaini. Um, if you remember, Lucas used to do it a lot against big. I was going to say the same thing, yeah. And he used to go, and what he used to do was, you know, he, he had an idea where the ball was going, and everyone knew Lukaku was the target. And Lucas, now don't get me wrong, you know, you'll have people telling everyone that we want Lucas back and all this sort of stuff. I'm not. I'm using him as an example. Lucas would go and stand in front of Lukaku, all right. And what he'd say is, I mightn't win it, but I'll just, I'll disrupt him. Make a nuisance. I'll disturb him. Mm. But he won't get a clean contact on this. Okay, he may win it and knock it back into midfield. We may have a body light in there and not get the ball. But it's better for the ball to be on the halfway line with them having it than being flicked on at their back line. I'm surprised. And you've got another line. You've got a line of defence behind them. Exactly. That's the thing to do. Seven isn't it? men yeah. behind the ball, or you know, as opposed to three. Well, probably three when that ball's flicked on. Um, I'm surprised 
that nobody's touched on it. But I'm also surprised that Liverpool didn't go in with that tactic. Because if you watch United, that's what they're interested in. And, you know, Ben, a mate of ours, Ben, put up a tweet the night before saying he thinks they're playing atrocious football. He went on to say a few more things. He got absolutely lashed by Man United fans over the last 24 hours because of some of the stuff he said in the tweet. But he's actually right. He did. He play atrocious football. And, but they're good at it. And if we want to beat a team like United, um, okay, they're not going to, may not beat you at football, but they may beat you at things they're really good at. And we have to nullify that. That, that's what surprised me. Somebody just to go and stand in front of Lukaku. And, okay, you may not make them change their option and, and aim at someone else, but you will disrupt their game. And if you disrupt their game, then you have the confidence to be yourself and go and play your own game and win it. Um, let's get on to Peter. I'll come back to you and I'll let you go with the second goal. And um, it's very similar in the build-up. And again, individuals are pointed at. It's like a collective. And Dexy. And the one thing for me is how close Carrius is to actually making the save. Pierre, I'll come to you on that. Sorry, yeah, very similar to the to the first goal in, in terms of um, defending it, couldn't it? Because it's one of them that that can be um, can be defended against. It was pretty much identical to what happened in the first goal. Long ball down the pitch by by David De Gea and uh, met by the head of Lukaku. But this time, it, he's, as he's headed it down, um, he's threaded a pass through to, to Matter as he's run with the ball, hasn't he? Who was then his path was blocked by by Virgil Van Dijk. The ball has then come off Van Dijk into the path of Rashford, who was in a similar position to his first goal. Um, but this time, Rashford's hit the first time shot, didn't he? It was an empty net at the goal um, at the time. Obviously, Carriers had come out to. He thought that the ball was going to probably go past Van Dijk and he was going to be there ready for for the player for a one on one. But it's the balls that broke out to the well to his right hand side, isn't it? And Rashford's then looking at an empty goal. Carrius has tried his best to, to get back, and I think just as he's hit that ball, um, it, gets a Rashford, it, it took a little flick off the off the back of Trent's yeah, um, heel here, off yeah. his ankle, and I think. If it hadn't taken that flick, then then Carius might have got a got a hand to that and could have been cleared, could have been knocked into an empty net. That that we'll never know. But um, I think once again, Lovren here is is, is the one who, who needs to be. Um, I don't like to pick on on players, but he's the one who needs to to have a look at himself in this situation because obviously once again, Lukaku out muscles him and Emery Chan far too easily um, in that position of the pitch. So, um, but. Without being too critical of the Liverpool side, someone just put up on the periscope before we have to have a little bit of perspective about um, yeah, the Liverpool performance. The, I've written down it the was, exact same thing. It's our it's our our fourth defeat all season. I think they've played up to, up to well certainly after Christmas they've played some absolutely scintillating, fantastic football, and it, it's been an absolute joy to watch. Manchester go to Manchester United and Ultra. Rafford is, is never, ever going to be an easy game, especially when you've got Jose Mourinho in charge, who's going to basically put all his men behind the ball and try and, and, try and do a job on which he, he's done the same exactly once again. And it's, it's these sorts of situations now where, where we need to look at it and go, well, we know how he's going to play against us. What, what can we do to, um, to counteract his, his tactics, if you like it. Should we sit back for a little bit? Should we should we just go, OK, if you're going to sit back, should we sit back and, 
and see if they want to come on try and draw them out. I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's another tactic that we could we could look at down the line. Um, shall Imagine we, shall how we terrible play that game would be. <laughs> yeah, but at the end <laughs> be awful, of the day, it? it's one of them, isn't it? If, if they want yeah, if they want to make that, that sort of game out of it, then 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 so be it. Then, um, but Liverpool, obviously Liverpool, it's not really in our nature to do that. But um, like you say, sometimes do you. I hate to refer to them, but the United teams of old, that one week they could, they could beat the team three or four or one, and then the next minute, the next game, they go away to Arsenal. Say they put a load of men behind the ball and come away with a with a one nil uh, victory with with a totally different setup. So I just think we need to obviously we're, we're doing the same formation pretty much game after game, and we have the three up front and. Um, two in midfield and one sitting maybe it's time to, to mix it up a little bit and sometimes go out there and, and play a little bit more defensive and just play with the one man up front and, and do what, what other teams do to us in big games such as Manchester United away or um, Tottenham away things like that it's, it's just what another another uh, direction we could go in I think yeah it probably is and but I, I think, um, as Matt said there, if we, if we sit back against United, I think they pass the ball around the middle of the park and, and, and they're back for for as long as they want. I, I, because I genuinely don't think they've any interest in playing football. But do you know what, Gav? I'm going to talk to you now, Grace, because I can see you waving your hands, moving your head, moving kitchen <laughs> chairs, so I can see you doing everything. Um, I've just brought two chairs over, so just a little, because I'm getting frustrated. No, but you know why? Oh, yeah, because whenever you get frustrated, you go to the nearest chair. Is that what you're saying? Now, listen... You're going to make me forget my point. These are their tactics, Pete. Just give me two seconds to gather my thoughts again. Well, I'll tell you, what, when, you when you take two seconds, right? I'll, yeah, I'll ask me a question, Gav. No, I'll, I'll touch on Pete's <laughs> point, then I'll come back to Matt then. And then we go to Grizz last. Grizz, you gather yourself there. Take it Write time. it down, Grizz. Take it Write time. it down. I'm walk tomorrow now. I'm just letting you know I'm going to walk tomorrow, so don't take too much time. Go um, on, I've got my pen. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Peter has touched on that again, Lovren. Um, you know, for me, the second goal, I think, yeah, Lovren is a bit... A bit bullied again, but if you look, our midfield three are very slow to react. For me, somebody more defensive is in around that situation, either beside Lukaku or goal side of them. I think, I think Van Dijk is a little bit timid in the challenge. I think Carius is unlucky. I think Trent is unlucky. And as much as Peter said, if we sit back against them, what do they do? They've no interest. I'll tell you what they do. They have no interest. And but we knew if we wanted to play our game. This was their tactic, and I don't think we reacted to it. I'm, I'm selling, I am repeating myself in the fourth goal, but that's how I feel. Matt, let's come to you because Grizz is still gathering himself there. He's rubbing his head, the sweat running down his body. It's <laughs> He's got another chair in a second. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing weight, yeah. It's got to be, like fun- be like a function room, the amount of chairs he's going to have beside him in a minute. Um, <laughs> Matt, uh, the second goal, um, what did you make of it? Uh, it's, a, it's just more of the same. It's. This is my biggest gripe with the game, that they've done exactly what we knew they'd do. It's not like they reinvented their tactics and came up with some master plan to beat us. That Everyone knew before the game they're going to hoof it up to Lukaku, he's going to flick it onto the, the wide guy, and it's, it's, their attack's going to come from there. And that's exactly what he did for the first goal, and then I, you can just rewind back and play exactly what I said for the first goal. For the second, Lovren overcommits. Uh, he's, the midfield should sit deeper on him uh, as we touched like uh, Lucas did we had no covering behind and then once once that flick on's happened and he's got in behind Lovren then everyone's just just trying to make up ground and, and that's what it did the, 
the good thing is, I can't believe how close Carrius came to actually making that save. I thought, even though he conceded two, I thought he didn't put a foot wrong yesterday. I thought he was brilliant. Um, when he came out and made that tackle as well. You know me, I, I had a semi on. Minute six, and get, <laughs> minute six, we've lost to United and Matt's had to carry us again. <laughs> no, I think like, um, the best thing about carry us is... The love affair continues. Yeah, he pulled that off Fellaini. I wouldn't crazy. be going in on um, Lovren because, as, as you say, it's hard to blame him on his own when it is a, it is a team, we, we did do it to ourselves, but it's just because it's time and time again. If that's the second time he's made that mistake, even if it's the fifth time, but it's not. We're coming on to twenty or thirty times now, and it's just it just frustrates me more than anything. I mean, I don't I don't hate the lad. He'll have a good five games coming up, and yeah, more for it. But it's just when shit like that happens, it's just so frustrating. You just hear people around you in the bar just going, "Ah, oh, fucking again." If you know what I mean, you just don't want that, especially from your centre back. When when. You look at the good centre back partnerships, and they still they make mistakes, but it's it's not time and time again the same fucking mistake. Um, and then that's the worst thing for it, really. That's my gripe of the whole situation. Okay, Grizz, um, have you guided yourself? Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead. I'm not even going to ask you a fucking question. Just tell us what you have to say. No, I mean, look. Pete was talking about could we have played more conservatively and sort of held back a bit, right? And I actually found we did in that first 15 minutes before their goal. I didn't like our approach, actually. I thought I thought we were too casual. I, th- I think we paid them too much respect. And we, we, were, we were keeping the ball for the sake of keeping the ball. Like, it was not our usual game, what we've been used to. And I think, you know, I mean, they weren't pressing. Sanchez and Lukaku didn't and you could see Sanchez a couple of times in the first half in the first 20 minutes asking Jose do I press do I not so I don't even think their game plan as Matt says was sort of really really that tactically planned it was going to be if you noticed total overload on Gomez and Lovren's side Sanchez played their rash I beg your pardon Trent side Sanchez played on on that side Uh, Lukaku pulled off on that side and Lukaku very rarely played pulls off to the left, he usually cut, plays on the right and cuts in and unleashes his shot. So, And uh, with um, Ashley Young as well, so there was a quite a, a massive overload on the right. Even Mata for the goal, I mean, Mata started off on the right sort of positionally, but he was playing through the centre and sort of cutting in. Even the second goal. The second goal was far more frustrating. He was even more frustrating. I felt like smashing the TV screen because it was, OK, again, Dejan loses a physical battle with a big striker. It can happen. But the midfield was so dead. There was Ox, there was Emre, who could have picked up the runner. They didn't. Even Milner. Um, I even thought Milner would have sort of helped out young Trent and played on the right side as opposed to Ox. But nothing. There was, again, no changes, even from the coach. You guys know I love Klopp and I'm his biggest, biggest, biggest fan. But to see united do the same thing again and again for that first half every time that keeper got the ball or any of the defenders play in that area behind or in front, around lover and gomez and we uh, trent but um we still we still didn't cope with it i actually think it was very reminiscent of do you know the way alex ferguson used to play wenger's arsenal just harass them foul them tackle them, don't give them any space, be nasty. It was actually 
it was for that first 20, 30 minutes, as Pete said earlier as well, it was actually physically, it was like boys against men. They were so rough with us. They were really, really, really psyched up for this. You could tell Jose had really, really give them, uh, you know, a, a good pre-match talk, pump them up, because you could see they were f- sort of, you know, at one stage you had Smalling throw Salah about, like physically just threw him to the ground. You know, Valencia, some of the tackles that were going in on, on Mane, obviously we're going to get to the ref, but I just thought they sort of bullied us in that first half, and I, that was just the most frustrating thing. We should have should have been up for that physical battle far more than we were. Just picking up on what Chris said there, one of the lads put on Periscope, I think his name's like uh, LH7Z something, he said... It's hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> he said... Klopp has only won uh, one against top six away, which I didn't know. This season? No, I think... Uh, I, well, whatever he said. No, it can't be only this season. No way. Who have we won? So we've... we've we, we, under Klopp, we've won away at Arsenal. We've won away at City. This season? First, no, that's what I mean. It has to be this season. Ah, speaking. must be this then. Um, right, look. We can go around all day about these goals and... You know, I think a lot of people on Periscope there, and even ourselves, are disagreeing on, you know, Lovren, Van Dijk, Trent. You know, I don't think Harry's is to blame. The midfield, there's a lot, there's lots of different things there that we, um, you know, a lot of different opinions on it. So we keep going, we move on. Um, <laughs> Peter, I'm going to let you go first on this, and uh, it's the referee. Now, I'm not usually for bashing referees because I think they're all awful. I'm, I'm, I'm equal in that. I tell you, they're all awful. Um, the standard is shocking um, and I've seen decisions given for Liverpool that have been mind-blown and I've seen decisions given against Liverpool and they're equally mind-blown but I just want before Peter you answer this um, I'm going to give you a couple of things on it right Rashford does a challenge yeah. where he gets booked yeah okay and he goes into the crowd after scoring a fourth goal now in my opinion he doesn't go into the crowd that should be allowed but the rules of the game says if you go near the crowd it's a yellow card right that's number one Number two, Mane is taken down by Fellaini. Um, it's a stonewall penalty. Number three, you have Robertson's cross that hits Valencia. He's 20 yards from the ball, 15 yards anyway, before it hits him in the hand. Um, you have a lot of refereeing decisions there that, for me, are easy decisions to make, and he makes absolutely none of them. I just wanted to give you all that information before I get your opinion on the referee yesterday. Yeah, well, I totally agree with, with it. Most of the decisions that Craig uh, Pawson made yesterday was was every one of them was, was debatable um, I think the very first one where, where he, he started to go wrong was I think it was Emre Chan on a slide tackle. tackle and he's won the ball cleanly yet maybe his leg was slightly up but that's only because of, of the follow through there was no intentions to to, um, to injure it. I think it was Valencia it's just a follow through and he's won the ball clean and everyone just like what's he given a given a foul for. So that was the first one. Then there was there was other um other silly decisions that he was doing throughout throughout the game basically and um the one with Salah um ball got lofted into the box from uh, I think it was Firmino and and Young basically has got his arms around Salah's round round his round his shoulders, round his so chest, whatever you I want knew, to I, say. I knew there was one I missed yet. Go on, that was the one. Yeah, and um, Salah's tried to stay on his feet to, to get to give him credit, and uh, um, with his honesty, he's he's tried to stay on his feet and um, 
play on, but it was obviously a foul because Young's Young's impeded him. He, he would have won that ball. He would have chested that down because possibly could have gone through on goal. Um, for me, the only debatable one was possibly the handball because his hands down at his side. Um, it's, it's still, in my opinion, it is a penalty, but it's the one one that, that you can can debate about because uh, the ball's come across Valencia, I don't think he's sort of moved his arm towards the ball his arm's just dangling down the side if you like it's struck his arm but his arm's not above his head is it it's not It's not in a position to say um, it's it's got to be intentional hasn't it, and I think it's just basically hit him on on the arm, but you've seen them given, and in my opinion, it is it is a penalty, but it's the one that you can debate about. Now, the other one um, on Mane, it was a great little bit of in, interplay between, I think it was him and Firmino done a little back flick, Mane's going at, onto the ball. Um, it could have slightly been just outside the area, but no two ways about it. As soon as I seen that, I, I shouted penalty, Um I was, my dad was next to me and he, he said that that's not a penalty for me. So, but when you see it in slow motion, as that ball is is basically on its own after after the flick on from from Roberto Firmino, Mane's going at that 100 miles per hour. He, he's ready to take that ball on. He, he's going to be one on one with the goalkeeper. Fellaini comes across and there, there's, there's no no two ways about it. Before any of them touch that ball, there's contact with Sadio Mane's uh, shin. That, that into his thigh, causing him to to go off balance, and it, it, it's either a free kick just on the edge of the area, if it's outside, or it's a penalty. No two ways about it. One of them decisions has to be made. And once again, Craig Pawson um, is is basically refuses to give give a foul against um, against. Manchester United, and and it was a, a reoccurring theme throughout that that game. You could see Klopp on the touchline. He, he he was going ballistic at times. He even come over and had to have a a word with Klopp, and he's just basically saying, "Look, you're not giving us anything here. Everything's just going the way of, of Manchester United." And there wasn't. I don't think Jose Mourinho got off out of his seat. Most of the game, he just sat there and he was just twiddling he didn't his need thumbs. To. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he, he was just sat there thinking, yeah, the referees basically nah. doing it, doing the job on the pitch for me as well. And like I said on the cop table podcast of the United fan we had on, um, I said to him, listen, congratulations on the win. We always congratulate the team, no matter who they are. Um, but we thought you're man of the match, Craig Pawson had a fantastic game. So <laughs> that's the way. Um, I see in his performance. Can um, can I just ask you quickly what did, what what the United fans' reaction was to that? <laughs> he actually agreed. He said, "Yeah, to be honest, there uh, Liverpool didn't get um, many decisions from um, from the referee today, and it, it was a poor performance from him." So to be fair, um, Jack, the lad we had on, um, was, was a good lad, and he, he was honest enough to say, "Yeah, United got away with um, with many decisions in that game yesterday," and. Uh, something that should be definitely looked at. There's too many times this happened now with, with Liverpool, um, and especially this referee, Craig Pawson. I've seen something earlier on Twitter about his record at Manchester United, and he won more game. He's won more games in charge there than David Moyes did. <laughs> I'd love to end the podcast just there. I would now. <laughs> Come here. Um, I'm at the given Peter a couple of instances there, and uh, fair play to the lads on on um, on Periscope. They've said that. Um, you know, I forgot them. Valen- Val- I think it was Valencia on Mane as well. Hoy hoy, um, horrendous. Yeah, I think he's the referee. Oh, that yeah. gives the Calvert Lewin. I think he's the referee that gives the Calvert Lewin penalty against Liverpool. Um, someone else has said Correct. there. So it's um, it's not as if we're being a little bit paranoid here. 
usually I'd say, ah, oh, lads, you know, a one-off game, yeah, he probably was a bit, you know, biased towards the home team. But, you know, it, it, it's adding up there, isn't it, when you look at it. Now, I'm not excusing how we can see the goals. Um, I don't think we've done enough in the second half to win the game, although I thought our fight in the second half was really good. I've seen Liverpool teams go there and go 2-0 down and collapse or put up a little bit of fight and probably lose 3-0. Um, I've seen that happen. Um, but And another person said, and Matt, I'll bring this to you, if VAR is in the game, um, do we get two, possibly three penalties there yesterday? Depends who's looking at the fucking screen, doesn't it, really? But if it was hell, um, we aren't. <laughs> um, yeah, we do. Uh, I'm, as you say, we're not being biased there. They are penalties. Um, I mean, I'm usually quite forgiving with handballs um, to defenders. I always think if, if he's close to him and whacked at him, then it's not. Um, you, your arm has to be in a funny position. But this one, because he was so far away, it, it's got to be a handball. And he didn't even try and move his arm out the way, really. It was about half a foot away from the side so yeah it's the, the problem with the rest was they, it wasn't that they weren't making bad decisions they weren't making fucking decisions do you know what I mean everything was just going well only for us they, they got stuff but it was like the complete opposite of the Tottenham game where with the Tottenham game they were going to, each, to the linesmen they were, they were look talking and trying to take over the show and everything and they got it wrong but this time he, I know different ref but he just doesn't make a decision he just just let it all go. It's like the occasion got to him more than it did to fucking Trent or something. Um, it's just, it's just, you can you can go on all day and, and talk about conspiracy theories from the FA and all that, but it it, it always comes up. If we're against United, they always get it. I mean, I, I'm not one for thinking it, but it's hard to argue against it if, when you look back the last five, six seasons. When have we ever had a decision at their place, ever? Or when have we ever had a wrong decision it wasn't like we were after fucking a bit of luck or a bit of help from them we just wanted them to make the right decision and that would have helped us win I think I think the last decision we got at Old Trafford was um, when Sturridge goes down in 2014 under a challenge from Vidic and mm. he clearly dives and he gets a penalty I think that's the last decision we get um, great dive great dive I tell you was fucking refereeing it but, um, yeah but we were winning about 3-1 at the no, time we were winning so 2-0 it, it couldn't have been we won 3-1 yeah exactly um, same thing <laughs> You know, no, it's not the same thing. It's really different. You know, it's like you telling me you lost three stone this week and you didn't, and we get to that. Same thing. <laughs> um, Grizz, the lads have gone over this, and the referee. There's, there's loads of incidents. People are coming in there and giving us more incidents in the game. Um, just in general, should this be looked at? Should this be a thing that's looked at? And you go, look, he's clearly refereeing Manchester United. There's six, seven, eight instances in in separate games over over a space of say six, seven or eight games where he's given decisions where it's clear to see from the man and the man the dog on the street fucking knows that that's a penalty and he hasn't given it or the the man the dog on the street knows it's not a penalty and he's still giving it um, for United. Is it something that has to be looked at? The referees need to be taken away from certain teams. Look, I'm not. I'm not into these conspiracy theories, like Matt said. Like in terms of sort of you know um, bias or anything. But look, and we all know when you're playing away at a big club, the decisions are, you know, sort of, you know, if it's a, if it's a fifty-fifty, it will suddenly turn into sort of a a seventy-thirty towards the home team. But as Peter says, I knew this rough is going to be a cunt from that first tackle. 
that Emre Chan tackle was <laughs> was a, such a clean tackle. It's unreal. He actually doesn't even make contact with the player. He wins the ball. And then, obviously, once he's tackled, anyone who's slid, slide tackled, slid tackled, I was going to say, anyone who's slide tackled, like <laughs> I have plenty of time, any, anyone who's slide tackled, right, when you finish, the, when, near the end of the slide tackle, your feet automatically, your, your, your feet will be in that position, right? I know my hat is my hand right now, but I can't lift my leg that high, right? But your, your, your studs are going to be showing, right? There's absolutely no intention to foul him. His eyes were focused on the ball. He wins the ball cleanly. And, and as soon as that referee gave that, I thought, okay, as long as he's consistent, right, on both sides, if he's going to try to make this a non-physical battle, right, because some refs like to sort of set this all out from the start, right? So if he's going to give that challenge straight away in the first, was it five, ten minutes, something like that, right, that Emre Chantacle, then you think, okay, he's going to be like that with all the challenges. He fucking wasn't. They went pure WWF on us, Man United, they were holding us. They were body slamming us to the floor. There was clotheslines going where's, on. Where's the his age there? Isn't he WWF? It's What's changed. It it's changed about twenty years, Chris. It's What's WWE. Hacksaw Jim Billy and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No problem. <laughs> but whatever it is, right? You know what? You you get my drift. Like they they turned so physical on us, and then he just stopped. As Matt says, then he stopped giving decisions. So he gave that first tackle, and we think, okay, he's going to try to keep a tight lid in this game. After that, he paused every decision. The reason why Jose was sat in his chair is because there was no contentious decisions for them him to make it up. And I'm convinced if there was anything in our area, he would have given it. But because after the two goals, we near enough camped in their half, right? There was all the decisions were to be made sort of for us or against us, and they went against us. Everyone's talked about the penalty incidents. In my opinion. At least one of them is a definite penalty. We definitely need VAR. I'm a big fan of VAR. I know we've discussed VAR and we've talked about sort sorry, of. Sorry, Chris. Just to clarify for you, Peter. Yeah, yeah fill everyone in. Is, He's a new right back that VAR we're looking is not at. A player that Chris is pretending to know about. Um, VAR. Party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is um, in, in complete laziness. There's no short and all the words he's using as well. So that's what VAR is now. VAR is VAR. Just to let you know. Thank you, Chris. VAR is so crucial in these kind of big games, especially in, especially in big games. Yeah. Because, look, as Matt says, you're right, it does depend on what kind of cunt referee is looking at that decision. But surely, surely, one of those would have gone our way. Definitely the Salah one. I think the Salah's a given one where he's sort of, you know, Ashley Young sort of proper giving him a club hug before I the end the of the Mane game. I think the Mane one's the easiest because Fellaini makes contact. Mane, do you know what? Mane reminded me, Mane one reminded me of this Istanbul. Penalty. Yes, you yeah, know, yeah. Good show. Yeah. Similar. but I yeah. think there was more, mm-hmm. more contact with Marnie. Yeah, that's the, you, that was the thing. I, in fact, when it was in full speed, uh, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe not. As soon as you say it back, it, there's contact. There's no way uh, VAR, VAR right. ref can't knock say, it back. You know, you want to say VAR. Anyway, but do you know we mentioned about Salah going like he should have gone down. I was pulling my hair out. As you can see, I've pulled most of it out, right? That's how frustrating it was, right? It was so obvious how they were going down at every break of play. Jose had them drilled perfectly. Every time there was pressure building up, one of their players would go down feigning injury. Apparently, I mean, so not apparently, I I thought only head injuries, uh, the players allowed to be stopped. 
But Smalling wasn't a head injury, right? He pretended he was injured, got up again. So many times they broke up the play with, with you know, mm. players going down, the ball going to play, taking their time. It was the perfect Jose performance in terms of what epitomizes Jose best. They were nasty. They were hard to beat. They were snide. Everything that we weren't and we should be. We should be becoming that team because no team, in my opinion, wins the league without that aspect. You could even talk about Leicester. We talked about Vardy and how nasty is Vardy. You know, he's got that element to him. Even the City team, the City team, Fernandinho, you know, he can get stuck in Otamendi. He's nasty. You know, they, they've got... We haven't. We haven't got anyone... We, we've got Naby coming in. We've got Naby coming in. Okay, He's yeah, no problem. Bastard. Happy days. But at the moment, in this current team, a bunch of... I mean, when the, the worst part, I'm telling you, the worst part... I know we're talking about wrestling. I'm getting about wrestling. But that worst... That, that, that Chris Smalling body slam on Salah. And none of our players reacted or responded. I'm telling you, if, if, if you boys are on my team and one of their players body slammed you on be a mission body slamming Gav, but imagine he body slammed Matt, right? I'd be fucking up in his face or the ref's face, like, what the fuck is that? Making, I'm surprised. You know, Emmy, Emmy Chan usually is, and he was quiet. I Ma- and do you remember we discussed last week, or I made the brilliant point, about Salah is going to be targeted now. Every single game, Salah is going to be, not in terms of man marking, in terms of fouling him, stopping him. Even if we give the foul away, you yeah. don't let him run the ball, turn on the ball. He was stopped at source every single time with two players around him. Yeah, but Chris, I thought Klopp. I thought Klopp could have changed it. I thought Mane could have swapped with Salah. Salah could have changed, but we just stayed in the same rigid formation. That was my biggest, one of my biggest corrupts as well. Salah we didn't, didn't change the centre. Yeah, he didn't. No, he's, he's been he's been switching with Firmino. We didn't do it, did he? No, yeah, he didn't. I noticed that. He may he may have been stopped at source, but the thing is, we go on for weeks about Salah's physical. Um, strength and look how he bounces off players here there and everywhere so we can't really turn around when he has a bad game and say oh he was physically this. it's not a bad game he didn't no, have a bad game he didn't game. have a bad game but, no, but he, wasn't ba- he wasn't not bouncing off he was he literally bouncing, getting thrown it doesn't matter how big you are no, you're going to get thrown you get thrown I get that and coming back to the referee on Salah look Salah didn't have the best game but we can't rely on Salah just alone um, but that's a different issue for a different day on the referee for me um you know, Peter says there that the, the Valencia one, the handball, is, is probably the only debatable one. I don't think it is debatable. I think he's far enough away from it. And I don't care if his hands are down by his side, it hits him in the hand. It's um, it's only if it's close to you and your hands are down by your side and it hits you, you know, it's it's this ball to hand rather than hand to ball. I think his hand is, if you watch when the ball hits him, it, it is down by his side, but he's plenty of time to react to it. The Mane one is the one that gets me because if you watch that game or watch that piece of play, Mane is running in. He, he's gone for the ball and at no stage does Fellaini make any contact with that ball but in but Mane ends up on the ground you know so like it, if Fellaini kicks the ball and Mane ends on the ground you go ah oh, yeah well look he went for the ball and he got there he never goes near the ball he's not even within the vicinity of the ball and Mane ends up on the ground Mane has no interest in being on the ground he wants to get to the ball I thought the referee was atrocious but it's very hard to, st- to stay on the line of, you know, being legitimate and then looking a little bit bitter. But I thought during the game, um, I thought during the game, I thought he was woeful. And I've watched the game back. I've actually watched the full game back and I've watched the highlights as well. And I stand by it. I think he was fucking woeful. And I think the Liverpool should be pricks about it. Like United would be going back in, like we spoke about Ferguson, going to the FA and saying, no, I'm not having this. 
I'm not having him anywhere near my fucking team. It's an absolute disgrace. And Ferguson was well known for it. He had players, he had fucking referees running over Old Trafford for years. And, and he had media running over Old Trafford for years. That's the truth. That's not being bitter. That's exactly what Ferguson done. He ran media, he ran referees, and he ran anyone that fucking tried to step on his toes. He ran them out of Old Trafford. It's as simple as that. And shall I tell you, and shall I tell you the, what, what makes it worse is if this was just a, a referee who normally doesn't give any big calls and decisions, you can say, all right, he's just a pussy referee who likes, who just likes to sort of run around with the players. And if there's a blatant, blatant decision, he makes it. It's the fucking same referee that gave the Everton penalty, as you said. That, you know, just, well, what's his name? Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The one who pushed, uh, uh, sorry, Lovren, like, touched him and he's yeah. a fellow. And then, so he's given... He's given decisions in the past against us where there's minimum of contact. And this game was totally fucking opposite. That's what was infuriating. For yeah, well, look. I don't think that's just on us, though. I think everyone in the Premier League is getting annoyed because there's just no consistency. Yeah, like well, one week you'll get a yellow card for celebrating like uh, Rashford did, and one week you won't. There's no consistency across all the refs, which, taking this game out of it, uh, I think every football fan gets really pissed off. Rashford, Rashford got a yellow for the tackle, right? On, yeah, um, but he didn't get one for the Gaff- celebration. Yeah, and then he kicks the ball away, and then he yeah. gets, and he celebrate and a celebration as well. How is that not one of those incidents? Another yellow card? Yeah, but you see, the the problem you have here is, Chris. Um, I try to look at it as if okay, if Mane scores that at Anfield and he runs into the crowd and he hugs a few people on the front row, I'm disgusted if he gets a yellow card because. That the game has been, but that doesn't matter. That's the rules. Yeah, like I, I don't agree with it. Yeah, I, I don't agree with it, but it's the rules. Yeah, I know. Like if Firmino rules. takes his top off, which he does, he gets a yellow. It's a shit rule, but it is the rule. He's yeah. got to follow it, in, yeah. and he doesn't. Yeah, that, that's a fair that's point. Correct. That's correct, and and that's probably just my thinking on it. I think, you know. Yeah, shut up, Gav. The, the game, <laughs> the game has been that sterilised. <laughs> now it's you know a fella going over and hugging a few people on the front row. I don't know, kicking the ball away. Yeah, I've seen plenty of yellows being given away for. So yeah, you have an argument there. Look, we have to move on. Grizz, just a quick one. No, just a quick one. Quick one. Now, when you I'll say you quick what, one, Gav, it's usually about seven days. No, no, minutes. no. This is a, a three-second one. I know you what you said about we should go to the referee. I tell you what, we should go to the referee uh, FA about not like oh, the decisions. We didn't get the decisions. We should point out, like Matt said, he didn't do his job by the law, by the letter of the law, because kicking the ball away is a yellow. Running into the crowd is a yellow. Anyway, that's it. Point, point made. Well, um, fair point, well made. Um, but it's not just that referee from yesterday, though, is it? It's been all season. The game against Tottenham, you had John John Moss making an absolute balls up of every decision, going to the linesman, making one decision, changing his opinion. Last week, Salah's clean through. Um, can't remember his name. He looked for the referee last night, uh, last week oh. against. Um, yeah, LaSalle takes him out. Um, Newcastle, yeah. He looks like he looks like somebody off The Simpsons, that referee. I don't know, <laughs> I can't name his name. But um, it's, it's another decision that totally doesn't go our way, and it's another blatant um, refereeing decision. And to be honest with you, I've not seen a decent performance in, in the, in a, from a referee in a Liverpool game this season. The only decent referee in the whole of that league for me, and a lot of people don't agree with this, uh, who I speak to, and it's Michael Oliver. He's possibly Andre Marin is the next best after him, but apart from them two, the rest of them shouldn't be anywhere near a football pitch because they are basically a load of shite, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they're appalling. I genuinely do. And like Matt said earlier, there's no consistency. I think when, you know, 
a ball comes from a distance and hits a guy in the hand, I don't care if your hands are behind your back and it hits the front part of it. It's a penalty. It's as simple as that. You have plenty of time to move yourself, get a chest on it, adjust yourself and kick it. There's too many excuses goes on for referees now. And then this VAR stuff coming in is going to make it. There's weeks where I think VAR is ridiculous. And then there's weeks where I think VAR, you know, if it was there, we have a totally different game. Look, I have to move on. Uh, Peter, I want to stay with you. Um, something that kind of got me in the, in the, in the minutes, hours, and, and probably, you know, day now since the game, day and a half, um, is the reaction of Liverpool fans. And all I've seen on Twitter and social media is Liverpool fans in the ground, in bars, um, singing songs after the game. Um, is it just me or is, uh, despite a defeat, are Liverpool fans starting to believe that, you know what, yeah, we got beaten, but we're onto something good here and we let today go because, or we let yesterday go because better things are definitely to come? Yeah, I think um, basically it, it epitomises what Liverpool fans are all about. Basically, it, in essence, that the way they were singing and the new LALALA song at the end of the match um, just sums up exactly their, their never say die attitude. Um, I could refer back to the to the half time at Istanbul when we're three nil down against the AC Milan. Liverpool fans, to every one of them, start singing "You'll Never Walk Alone." It's just like a never, never say die, never give up attitude. Um, and even though we've gone down to a two-one defeat by Manchester United, them lads who were in in that stadium yesterday, they're still singing, they're still chanting, and they're still proud of of, of Liverpool Football Club um, and the team that they support. And yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, they, they can sense that the club is building something at Liverpool. Um, the, the progress that he's made since he came in. It is is undoubted in my opinion. They're, they're playing some some brilliant football, and the players that he's brought in, and the majority of them have done done a good job. Um, the only debatable uh, signings possibly you can see is possibly Carius, who's who's not um, hit the ground running. Shall we say he's starting to come into a little bit of form? But um, yeah, Liverpool fans can definitely see that 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 Jurgen Klopp and the way he, his teams. Um, from the past to play football, you can now start see, seeing that building into the into the Liverpool way of playing, the way they're getting the men into the box and and things like that. So yeah, the, the crowd is definitely um, on side with everything that Jurgen's doing, and just that that reaction to the to the game after the game yesterday was was phenomenal, really, and just shows you what Liverpool fans are all about. Yeah, Matt, um, Grizz is gathering thoughts there as well. He's pulling chairs closer to him. I can see it happening here right in front of me. But, um, Matt, you know, we've seen games where I think we've played better than yesterday. Genuinely, I think we played better than yesterday and lost. And there's been absolute fucking meltdowns um, all across social media. Um, meltdowns. But yesterday was kind of, yeah, we were beaten. Yeah, we could have defended a little bit better against their one and only plan. Maybe we could have, you know, done a little bit more in the second half to get back into it. But we take it on the chin because we're going in the right direction and, and this won't stop it. Is that something you thought yesterday? Or, or were you surprised by the reaction? Uh, no, not really. I mean, we can sit here and, and criticise different parts of the game, but if you step back a bit and look at it as a whole from as, as this season or where we are at the moment and how we're playing in general, then 
fuck it, it's one result and we're, do, we're still doing great. Um, obviously, if, it's, if it goes on and we don't beat Watford or whatever, then it becomes more of an issue. But 2-1 away to a United who are second in the league, as shite as they are, they're good at being shite at playing football, if, you, if that makes any sense. So 2-1 away there, it's not, it's not the worst result, it's just frustrating. Um, I mean, it's... I can't. I, I read it on Twitter and it sums up perfectly. Yesterday seems to be a bit more of a. It's just a shrug of the shoulders. It's just a. I was one of them. We we, we move on, and uh, that that's what Jurgen Klopp's done to the team in the moments. Uh, we're playing well. We're well scoring people. We're the highest scoring team in uh, Europe. We've got Salah, Mane, Firmino smashing teams. It's there's great football going on, and yesterday doesn't change that. It doesn't simply take away all them great games like Porto away etc that we've been uh, that we've had to, to watch lately it doesn't take any of them away it's one game against uh, defensive Jose Marino which quite a lot of people probably predicted um, I know when we saw our run towards the end a lot of people said alright we'll probably lose this one we'll struggle in the Chelsea one but as long as we win the others in between then we're going to get fourth and we'll be okay and that hasn't changed I said at the start of the season my aims for this season were top four uh, anything above that is a bonus second would be good and then running the Champions League to the quarters or semis and, and we're there so we, we, we're we currently at my expectations um, so anything else is a bonus so I'm happy I'm enjoying this season this is one of my most fun seasons we've had in a while and if you think about where we've come from it's uh, it's, it's looking good it's all going up we've got Kaiser coming in um, we've got the Coutinho money to spend um, we've, we're getting linked to, to great players and not just that I mean you look at the Roy Hodgson days this this result happens even this performance happens don't, then don't go back there with you. you'll end up with FSG <laughs> out and everything going on alright at the end, of, the end of Rodgers era then if this result and this performance happens then exactly the same then everyone thinks we're in a dire situation it's because of what is going on as a whole rather than this result on its own which it's that's what players are actually looking. I mean, uh, fans are actually looking at now, and it's it's a lot better. We are on the cusp of something. It does feel like something good's happening, and I think a big thing for that is Europe. We are a club that's been built around Europe, and going on and running the Champions League is is what gets our fans going, um, and and you can see that we, a lot of people weren't asked about yesterday. But there'll be a lot more asked about who comes out that pot next a week on Friday. Um, Grizz, now, gather your thoughts with it because I need you to speak for about one to two minutes while I go and get another can. Um, <laughs> so, um, I want Fuck. I want to ask you this. Um, as Matt said, it was a shrug of the shoulders yesterday. Usually it's a meltdown. Usually it's pointing fingers. Um, we're demanding team players out of the club. We're demanding that Linda stops buying um, handbags, yachts, all this sort of stuff. It's and carnage yesterday was a shrug of the shoulders and you know something uh, genuinely I was fuming after the game yesterday um, because we we fell into the trap but then I kind of mellowed as the day went on because I changed my view because of other people's views on Twitter when I thought you know what you're right Gav stop being a fucking arsehole at once and actually look at it and think you know something people can see the positives here you, we need to go with it um, and we need to realise that this Liverpool team means business and days like that yesterday will happen. Um, we are on the cusp of a good thing, Chris, and I think the reaction yesterday from support showed that, didn't it? 
Absolutely. Do you know what it is? You'd have to be a proper dimwit to sort of lose it every time, you know, we lose whatever. And the fact of the matter is... <laughs> dimwit's is a it, great word, by the way. Matt, is it three defeats of Peter, if you know? Is it three defeats we've had? For this season. Oh, yeah, four depends. altogether. Yeah, altogether in about 30-odd games or whatever, isn't it? Or something like that. Now, yeah, exactly. that's not, you know, even for my math standards, Matt, right? You, you know my, my math standards. That's a fucking great record to go to your main, your fiercest rivals, right? And I think uh, when Gav listens back to this, he'll, you know, I'll, I'll, the, the point he made about the reaction of the fans, that was fucking quick, Gav. You proper lost weight, innit? Wow, it's the, Look how like, cool. It's half speed across the kitchen now. Was flash. Unreal. I tell you what, that was impressive. Yeah. Anyway, but, but Gav, what, was I, what I was saying, Gav, was the reaction... I think a lot of it is based around that second half. Look, overall, as I said to you guys before we started recording, there's two ways of looking at it. We're still in a good place in the league, in terms of the Champions League, where we are. The one-off game, we can look at it as a one-off game. We got roughed up in the second half. Ref's decisions didn't go away. But the fact that we put up a proper fight in that second half stays in the memory of, sort of, of hopefully most, most rational fans. Because we didn't die... We didn't end up losing 4-1, 3-0, as many teams can when you go to our trade and you know, losing 2-0, or even we have in the past. The fight and spirit that we showed in the second half was good. My only, only, only negative about our scenario where we are at the moment, look, it's all high, it's all good. As Matt says, we're in a good place and we're going upwards. It's a definitely upwards curve, right? My only slight thing about yesterday's game performance was the way... We were we were too di- one-dimensional. We didn't change it up. We didn't match their tactics in terms of becoming more physical. We our forward stayed in the same place. That is my, you know, Klopp has. We've talked about it in past shows or where Klopp has varied his tactics and you know changes everything about and makes changes. Even his substitutions, you know, yesterday we didn't touch on the substitution this time, but. You know, I've said before, do you remember last week I was saying Lalana's not the type of person, in my opinion, to come and change the game in a positive attacking way. I thought Lalana was used very cleverly in the previous games where he comes on and he keeps the ball and he slows down the play when we're winning. Well, this time we were losing and we needed Lalana. Even though Ox had a shit game, he had a stinker of game, but he was trying to be positive. He had a shit game. Just like Mane. Mane tried his fucking heart out, but he was just crap. He made the wrong decision every single time. But the lad ended up getting an assist. I just thought Klopp could have been more active in terms of changing things around because Jose was just adamant that we're going to play this way and we ended up playing that way. You know, the way to, to, to beat teams or Jose teams is to, to, to be different. Jose's got this uh, record or reputation of being different and clever. A sort of, you know, in, in certain games, he, he, he changes up tactics. I think we could have done that a bit more. But on the whole, on the general, there's nothing to be too down about. We're in a in a good place at the moment, uh, and you know it, that's uh, that, that song that I'm not even going to attempt to sing. It, it's a great song, and people oh, it's, it's in my head. How can you not like that song and bounce to it? You know, it's like uh, it's in my head. I've been humming it. I was going to say singing it, but I've been humming it all night. Yeah, yeah, definitely not singing it's, it, um, crawling it, maybe, but not fucking singing it, um, lads. Um, we might as well go man of the match. Peter, I'll come to you first. Um, a Liverpool man of the match, who would you go with? Um, I 
Um, it's a bit of a difficult, difficult question that one really, because there wasn't that many players with a with a standout performance. If, if you like, there was a lot of players with a with a six out of ten performance um, right across the board. Uh, I thought Robertson done quite well down down the left hand side at times. He, he sort of um, sort of put the pressure on down that side, didn't he? And tried to get in behind him. It was his cross for for Valencia's handball. Um, thought like like you said, Mane gave the ball away quite a lot. His, his decision making wasn't up the best, but he he gave a hundred percent as he always does, and you could see he was he was trying. Um, I felt Oxley Chamberlain I, I didn't have his, his best game, probably his, his worst in, in the Liverpool shirt. To be honest, he, he lost the ball quite a few times, and he was giving it away with his with his passes. He was trying to trying to take people on and getting caught out. Um, similar to James Milner, didn't didn't have a didn't have a great game. Probably the the man of the match for me. He was for his for his all round work rate and his his interchange in the play was probably uh, Roberto Firmino. Yeah, I just thought that he was he was the one who was dropping deep, wasn't he? He was the one who was trying to trying to make things happen. He was he, he was putting in his usual probably just, I don't know seven seven and a half out of ten performance for him. So in my opinion, I go for for Bobby Firmino as man of the match. Yeah, I'm gonna go next, and I'm gonna agree with him. Um, Firmino for me. Um, I thought there was a lot of performance there where yesterday were disjointed and I thought Firmino as man of the match suffered because although we dominated we didn't get him involved enough but I thought any kind of moves we made to get into this game I thought Firmino was central to them so I'm going to agree with Peter on that one um, Grace, I'll come back to you um, I'll let Matt go last because um, I'm not letting you rob his opinion uh, Grace, man of the match Carrius. Carrius. I've robbed Matt's opinion. Fucked me. Carrius. That's it. You get a name. That's it. You get a name. Carrius. Go on, Matt. He's got to agree with me. He's got to agree with me. He never agrees with you, Matt. Who's your man? I agree with Peter. It was... Of course you do. It's tough when you're nullified like that. There's a lot of sixes and sevens out there. John Ackerberg there and Matt would have agreed with him. Anything to agree with, not to agree with you. No, there was a lot of sixes and sevens out there, so it was it's tough to give anything, really. Um, I, I don't think Van Dyke really put a foot wrong. Um, Firmino worked on. I actually disagree with uh, whereas I thought Mane done well. I thought he was a, a threat. He wasn't getting past his man as much as he would like, but he kept trying, which he's been doing all no, season. No, he did. He did. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll have to give it to Carrius. <laughs> nah, I'll go, just for I'll that, go Mane. Just for that I'll, I'm going to go Mane. Okay, yeah. Mane. Um, yeah, a couple of people have said there that they thought Mane was a biggest threat, and then against that, some people have said that they thought Mane was horrendous from start to finish. I think Mane. That's why stats are good because the eyes lie. Yeah, the eyes do lie, especially with a few drinks on you. Um, but look, um, I was going to go on to something, um, but I've ran out of time because. I asked Grace to talk for one or two minutes and he talked for 12. Um, so I'm going, we're nearly at the end. There's just a couple of things. Um, as you know, we've started this Fatback 400 pound challenge. Peter is looking at me now going, I don't know what the fuck you were talking about. He doesn't need to do that and it's okay. I thought um, you was on the boat going to the, 
thought it was a bet or something. He was going to lose uh, <laughs> pounds on the. Uh, Are you mad? Chris is Asian. him this week. He's never losing the hundred pounds. <laughs> um, but no, the hundred pound challenge kicked off last week, and the four of us got on it. Um, I, th- I think we tried our best for the first week. I think we eased ourselves into it. Um, I don't know if Matt's gone on his 50-kilometre desert cycle yet, but, but look, he, will, he probably will at some stage. But no, we all got into it. We all tried our best for the first week. I think we all have different tactics on it. Um, just before we go into the fatback for £100 pound, pound challenge, there's another... There's another, um, there's another uh, What's your tactic, Chris? There's another... Well, no, we're going to get to that. There's another, um, there's, another, there's another thing kicking off tomorrow, and it's... Um, for the Owen McVeigh uh, Foundation, and it's um, if you look up on Twitter, it's at Goobervision and at Stanley House. They're starting an auction tomorrow, and it'll run for a week. Lots of Liverpool memorabilia involved. Um, another great charity. Uh, get involved in it. Get onto their timelines. You'll see um, great stuff for auction. It was brilliant the last time. Some of the stuff they had was amazing. Get onto that retweet. Get people involved. The more money. Hey Matt, is- get your get your shorts and topping that for the memorabilia as well. Yeah. Proper get some money for that. If you win against and, Watford, I want and, I want the socks up on the wall as well. St- Stanley, if you're watching, get in touch with Matt. Get yeah. out of those shorts. Um, but no, absolutely uh, great uh, charity and fair play to the two of them. Um, they put a lot of work in a couple of a couple of weeks ago, made a lot of money, and they're doing it again. So I just want to give them a shout out um, because if we're doing something for charity and someone else is, by all means, we should be we should be backing them as well. Um, it's a really good effort they're putting in and. Look, best of luck. A lot better effort than fucking quiz. Yeah, absolutely. We get Shut that up, I've done um, well. But no, in all seriousness, fair play to the two of them. Um, get on to the timelines, get on to um, the auction that's going to, as I said, start tomorrow, run for a week. Lots of good memorabilia. They're promising really good stuff there. So get on and have a look and best of luck. Um, what do I want to mention? Oh, Peter. Again, I want to thank him. Um, Short notice, he came on with us tonight. Um, the cop table, as he's mentioned, he got a lovely slide or a slide plug in there earlier, and I'm really proud of him for it. But um, the, the, <laughs> the cop table, um, always a good listen. Um, I listened to your preview the other day, um, which was really good. But the you tight us? <clears throat> no, no, I did because I listened to loads of different things. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not straight preview. down the line like you. But um, no, the cop table, get onto it, give it a listen. It's always good. Um, I wanted to mention Cheers, that yeah. before we go. Um, now, the £100 challenge. Um, there's the four of us. Steve from the Trippers joined us as well. Now, he's not included in the £100 challenge. He just wanted to join us. Because he is a fatty, by the yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's grey hair, though. He has got grey hair, I'll give him that. So, the £100 challenge started last week. We all took our own different ways of doing it. We were giving out the Grizz literally 24 hours ago, going, listen, half fucking portions isn't the answer. You know what I mean? A half portion of your field is not the fucking... A little bit of mash with his lasagna <laughs> yeah, <laughs> instead of a lot of mash. fucking stupid. Like. But anyway, um, Matt's been collating all the all the weights and different things. Um, he sent them over to me earlier. And this is how it reads. Oh, just to let you know, a mate of mine um, called... Uh, a mate of mine got on to me the other day and he was like, love the pod, um, heard about the challenge. I'm, I'm going to get on to it. Jimmy McGuire is his name. Um you'd probably listen to this, he downloads the first thing as soon as it comes out, he's going to send us his way tomorrow, and he's going to go looking for donations, so that's another man on board, but let's let's go through it, um, who lost the most, uh, Grace, who do you think lost the most, this week, I reckon, I think it was Ian, I reckon, and my, bet would, my money would be on Ian, go on Matt, 
Matt, who lost the match? What am I? Am I? Yeah, yeah. So okay. Without giving the weights out, who, who's 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 leading off? Yeah, we Ian lost the the most in pounds. So as a collective, on our way to a hundred pounds, we've lost twenty so far in one week. Twenty. In twenty pounds. Okay. Now that that's just. Chris not eating seven times a day. Well, <laughs> oh, no, listen, let me explain because you're no, making no, me look... No, I'm going to give you the last word on this. I promise I'm going to give you the last word on this. Because this is not fair. It. Let me run through it. I put Matt on the spot there a little bit. Um, Ian has lost eight pounds. Gav, six pounds. Chris, four pounds. Matt, 2.86 pounds. I have to put the 0.86 in because Thanks, it's very mate. important to him. Uh, Steve, 2.64 pounds. Um, so, yeah, just over £20 between the four of us so far, which is really good going for the first yeah. week. So, um, we've got two challenges going. Yeah. The £100 between us, which were £20 on the way to, and each week, who's lost the biggest percentage of their original body weight? Because it's obviously not fair, me versus Chris. Yeah. Uh, so, the winner this week is yeah. the Gav, the little chode. Yes, he is. <laughs> That's why I'm on the count. 2.57% <laughs> lost this week, Gav. You've there's literally, basically two, lost there's literally 2.5% of me that's not here. The, and the loser. As we're now, I'm going to send you over, I've got these very they expensive, expensive Italian biscuits. Yeah. They're Biscotti. called Torone Tenero. Yeah. yeah and they're very this. expensive. They're from Italy, I believe. When the Grizz. Product of Italy, and they're very, very expensive. In the post, coming over to you, son. No problem. High in calories. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, he's trying yeah, to... Peter, he's trying to Peter, Peter, that's my tactics, Peter. Yeah, I'm exactly, to he's trying to feed us all. Yeah. But um, I was the winner. Who was the loser this week? Steve-o. Steve-o? Yeah. Steve-o. 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 I, I beat him. I beat him by 0.01%. Oh, yeah, I love that. That's like... That's, <laughs> well, I'm having that's, it. I'm that's it. That's his hair. So, so, so now you're beating him on, on the weight loss and you're beating him on Firmino versus Morata. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah, and every other fucking shite opinion he has, like Stephen Gerrard's not a good centre mid, anything like that. Go on, let it go, Matt, go on, go on. I'm going to be waiting to do this. No, we can't be discussing discussing Stephen Gerrard. Grizz, you have the last word. Um, Have you been trying, be honest? No, 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 I've I've been trying. Listen, you guys don't understand. Look, Peter Peter will be able to tell you, because you could tell Peter sort of looks after himself as a fit lad, right? But... The bigger you are, the the bigger you are, the easier it is. But it all depends on your lifestyle and everything as well. So, a Peter, I'm old, older than them, right? Matt's in a hot country, right? So it's easy for him. He, he just goes for a walk and loses two, three pounds, right? Gavin, Ian, are sort of. Gavin, Ian have got more to lose than me as well, because like they've got pure fat, where I've got like a bit of muscle as well. So you know, Peter. <laughs> so, what, let me oh, finish, oh. Matt. Yeah, so you know, muscle. muscle. So muscle, so muscle weighs right, Peter. You can back me in this. Muscle weighs far more than fat. So heavier than fat, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is the main thing is I've got to pace myself. I know my pace. Riz. I know my limits. Riz. So we've Riz. got. I was going to say yeah, he's got a pacemaker. Lying down, lying down isn't a fucking pace. So seven weeks, right? We've got to do this. Now Ten. I know week one. Ten weeks. It's a doddle for me. Week one, right? Is always a warm up for me. I kind of just like get into it do you know what i mean i can't i can't be breaking down after week one like going out there and fucking fasting for a week and fucking eating weetabix without sugar it's gonna take time i'm gonna i'm slowly pacing myself getting into it week two is when you see my results because that week you text two, me this week saying you've just had a kebab yeah hello hello there was plenty of no, it wasn't hello no sauce. 
It was it was allowed. Plenty of salad, no sauce, and it's and instead of a large one, have a regular one. You got you got to pace yourself. You got to know your pace, your that, limits. I'd say you, you got to know your body. Life. I wouldn't say kill the lamb. I'd say you fucking had the cunt life. No, so That's I'm doing. I, I'm proud of myself. I didn't think I've lost pace anything myself. this week. I don't have any but, sauce. No, seriously, I didn't think I lost anything this week, but. You know, little do you guys know about, that I... The kebab I, is only 14 inches long as opposed to right, 20 come inches here, long. Wait, come here, check this out, check this out. Do you know the second weigh-in? I was naked. You yeah. can't see it. I it's took everywhere. off everything. Fucking hell, I took off everything. I waxed my chest and my hair. So that's, the, so, so that's where I lost the weight. I'll tell you, I waxed your nose and everything went. before you get on the scales. I tell you, I'm clean everywhere. I waxed my armpits, my everything. All that hair is at least three, four pants. I'm an hour and 20 fucking three minutes in here. It's the longest <laughs> pod we've ever done. And most of it's been talking, you talking. Just, uh, sorry, yeah, if, you, if, you've got, if you've got two minutes at the end here, I can, I've got um, sheets of paper in front of me. This, this is off a guy who's actually, um, he's, he's got like a master's degree in, in pharmaceutical and science and things like that. And it's basically, it's like what you are following. It's like a, it's like a weight loss plan and all the things that he, he if you, if you're interested in what he says to do and things not to eat I'll just I'll just run through them quick if you want no fried foods no margarines no cooking oils no no meat overcooked or burnt animal fats no carbonated drinks reduce all forms of carbohydrates bread breads pasta rice beans potatoes lentils sweet corn and junk food no processed meals or or snacks try to switch to a gluten-free diet avoid uh, these four ingredients to eliminate gluten such as wheat barley rye and oats there is no such thing as gluten-free oats you will see gluten-free oats in the supermarkets don't buy them um, for the daily routine he recommends try eating within an eight hour time window between the hours of 12 and 8 Fuck off. and um, this means skip it skipping breakfast at least three times a week <laughs> tea and coffee are allowed outside that uh, eating time frame keep alcohol to a minimum <laughs> remember Marley. <laughs> exercise moderately um, lightweight lifting cycling walking gentle swimming try exercise three times a week um, and for sweetening food um, only use something called stevia, which I've never heard of. But so that's basically, just, that's, just, that's off a, a guy called Eddie Devlin, who's who's, uh, who's really good on his like his, uh, his supplements and weight loss. My whole cupboard. Sure is short. All we can fucking do is drink water. Because <laughs> that's basically what he's fucking just said. So we got to live off water basically for ten Chris, weeks. Chris, so just, suck, just suck it up, will you? Fuck's sake. Oh, I can see Grizz is light flashing before him as Peter read that out. Fucking P was reading it out. I was thinking, <laughs> what kind of bollocks is this? Listen, I have to go. I have to go. This is fucking stupid. An hour and 25 minutes. Like, um, we have to go. That's been the Fatback 4. Um, thanks to everyone for listening um, when you download later. Thanks for everybody watching on Periscope. Peter, thanks an absolute million for turning, for turning up and helping us out tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Grizz. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on, lads. Grizz, nice one, you cut down to them foot-long kebabs and you won't know where you are within two weeks. You'd be amazing. Ma, this your, week. Ma, your jersey and your shorts, it's been a pleasure as usual. You're absolutely beautiful. You're the nicest man on Twitter. Gav, 2.53% less of me here this week. <laughs> just to let you know. Be even more next week. You won't be able to see me next week and that's nothing to do with me height. He's just going um, down slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, just, you just see the top of my head last week. I'll be that small. <laughs> Lads, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. That's been the Fatback 4. See you next week. Over and out. 
Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Harvard Business School Online offers professional certificate courses that are 100% online and can be completed on your own time. Discover how HBS Online can help you take the next step in your career and try a free business lesson today at hbsonline.info. Sports Social Podcast Network.